our first speaker this morning, has been a member of our church for a long time and an activist in many ways. And I'm honored this morning to have with us Pat Knotts. Well, hello there. Uh, good to see you. <laughs> well, I'm Pat Knotts, and I've been a member here at All Souls for 20-plus years. I forgot which one. <laughs> but about 20 years ago, or a little more, I was experiencing one of the many changes that occur in a people's life cycles. For the first time in my adult life, I was alone except for my grown children and my sister. I was 53 years old and a widow, and I had to adapt to this new role. I had a lot of issues about a lot of things, about losing my parents when I was 6 and 13. I married young. I had four daughters. My husband and I raised these daughters kind of on a trial and error basis. I'm sure you can relate to that. Well, it was whatever worked at the moment, and, uh, but they turned out quite well, I'm proud to say, in spite of us. Uh, I went to a counselor at that time uh, to get some answers to some of my issues, and uh, during all this, she mentioned several times uh, that spirituality appeared to be absent in my life. Well, at first I rebelled, and I said, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I thought that religion and spirituality were one and the same. And uh, I had rejected religion when I was younger, and God didn't do anything for me but hurt me. Um, and I'd always been a kind of an independent thinker and action and little different. Uh, very few people shared my ideas about religion or politics or the environment or child raising or society and the way that I thought it should work. I didn't have many takers. I was a feminist for years before I realized it. <laughs> now back to the subject. My sister told me, uh, she'd seen it in the paper or something, about this church on Ellerby Road where there was a special service this particular spring that was part of the celebration of Women Week. And we came to that service. We were really venturing out. Uh, I was amazed because women were in charge of, this com of the complete service. There was a woman standing here preaching or talking. Anyhow, she didn't preach. But, and there was, the women were doing the music. They were doing the talking, the offering and everything. I, in my sheltered life, I'd never seen women do all those things. Now, remember, this is 20 years ago. Uh, in my experience in lack of churching, I just, you know, I grew up a Baptist, and that women didn't do that at Baptist church. And I never, I'd never seen women do these things, and it was really neat. They didn't focus on the Bible, nor did they tell us what Jesus said or what Jesus wanted us to do or whatever and I kind of like that this was new it was new and enlightening experience 
Maybe this is what my counselor was talking about, spirituality. And there were, you know, a lot of deep thinking going on, but still it wasn't telling you how to think. But I began attending All Souls, and it wasn't very long before I joined. And they didn't even dunk me in the water. (laughs) But I got involved, and at this time there was a large group of women, the women in the church, or most of them, that were called Sisters of Miriam. And um, they were very active at that time. Uh, Some of the women were single, some were divorced, some were widows, some were married with families, and, and they were of all ages. I mean, from pretty young to, to old. I think of Margaret Hurley when I think of um, Sisters of Miriam. And, of course, there's a lot of others that are still around. Um, but we did art projects. We studied women's history. And we met often. And uh, we even learned how to quilt. And we had lectures about issues that were important to us. Um, and we had weekend retreats. Now, they were really cool. Um, it was a good time for camaraderie and just, you know, <laughs> it was wonderful. Uh, but time passes too quickly. The churches had good times and, and not so good times, but we've survived due to a group of dedicated people. And I consider these people my friends. All Souls opened up completely a new life for me. Most of my social life and my non-working time was spent with activities at the church. Uh, And it was a great way to accept a new lifestyle. And one of the reasons that I love All Souls is the feeling of belonging. Another is the wonderful feeling of validation I get from everyone here. I no longer feel different. I fit in. Um, As I had gone through my whole life being different from everybody else, I thought, this was great. Uh, This validation means so much to me. Like I said, as most of my life, I felt out of sync with the majority of my family and teachers and politicians and religion and society in general. I can come to all souls and be expected, be accepted, and find people who have similar ideas. And uh, it's just like, I'm just grateful for all souls. It's just like a bright shining light in the midst of a dark forest. I'm not, I've not been to church for six months, and I really miss everyone. I had cardiac bypass surgery back in June, and I had complications, and now I have a brand-new state-of-the-art pacemaker and defibrillator, and I plan to be here at least until I wear that out. Our next speaker is young and energetic and uh, always has an interesting spin on things. So I'm looking forward to hearing Aria Chapman.
Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? Y'all everybody hear me? All right. First of all, I would like to thank all of you for giving me this wonderful opportunity to speak. It's not often I get to speak in front of peers and so on and so forth in such an open, respect environment. And second, I would also like to point out my mother. She is here. She is sitting right there. (laughs) I didn't see you at the beginning. You scared me. (laughs) I didn't write down anything because everything that I have to say is going to come straight from here, metaphorically, and here, literally. Uh, I just love y'all so much. There's, There's just nothing I can say. Pat pretty much said what I had to say. I was outcasted left behind, even betrayed. And then when I came here, it was just, it was like all that just changed for me. I can tell you how I literally, I can't really, there is no spiritual path. I just, as far as my spirit goes, I was just nowhere and then I was found. That's pretty much it. And I'm so glad it was y'all that found me. Now how I literally got here is because of her. She, um, I, was, I stopped going to church at 13, and aside from funerals and even a wedding, I hadn't been back to church since. She suggested this place a few times before I finally agreed to come over here, and then when I finally did, I wonder why I didn't make the decision sooner, because y'all are just wonderful. <laughs> and um, I just, I, I'm just hooked. I can't stop, I can't get tired of being accepted and loved and appreciated for who I am. And that's a feeling that stuck with me, and now I'm inspired to do so much more with my life. And it's all thanks to each and every one of you. And even some people who unfortunately couldn't make the day, I thank them too. And I just want all of you to know that no matter where I go in life, I will never forget any of you. I might forget your names, but I certainly won't forget your faces. And I certainly won't forget what you've done for me. Because just being here appreciating me for all my annoyances, all my happinesses, all my sadness is enough for me. And Barbara's awesome. (laughs) Capping off the uh, morning is a a man who brought his beautiful family with him when they came to join us. He's a... he always seems very serious to me, but I've gotten to experience a more fun side of him since he's been coming to choir, and I'm really looking forward to hearing what Jason Drury has to say. Would you help me welcome Jason? My name is Jason Drury. Um, The member reflection is always one of my favorite parts of this service. Um, Really enjoy listening to other stories. Um, But I knew uh, the day would come when I would be asked to do um, (laughs) my reflection, and I was sort of dreading it. Um, I'm not a big fan of public speaking, um, but how could I say no to Susan? Although when Susan asked, I decided to have a little fun at my wife Robin's expense. I said, I, she was in the other room, and I said, hey, Robin, I just received an email from Susan asking for member reflection. 
for, and I said, no, I don't think I would be, I'm going to be able to do it, but I volunteered you instead. <laughs> and I heard the biggest gasp I ever heard in my life because she likes public speaking less than I do. <laughs> so first, I'd like to tell you how I arrived here. Um, I was born and raised 1,600 miles away in Providence, Rhode Island. I grew up uh, lower middle class to two high school educated parents who didn't keep the closest tabs on us. So needless to say, when I was a teenager, I was quite a delinquent. Uh, when I was a senior in high school, I knew I had to get out of Rhode Island and away from my friends. Otherwise, I would either end up in jail or, best case scenario, a mediocre job that I hated. So one day I went to the dentist, and the dentist and the dental assistant were talking about the Air Force and saying what a cushy job it was. Um, <laughs> dentist was talking about how he used to play golf on the, on the, on the base all the time and said the food was pretty good, although it was really not that great. Um, <laughs> And I was actually, my brother recently joined the Navy, signed up for the Navy, so I was actually um, thinking about joining the military anyway. Um, so when I came out of the office and my mother was waiting there, I said, Mom, guess what? I'm going to join the Air Force. And she was, she basically was amazed. And I think that was probably the only time anyone's ever made such a life altering decision sitting in the dentist chair. <laughs> So with the Navy, my brother was stationed in Hawaii, and he was able to travel to some really great exotic locations, uh, the Middle East and Asia, and I was able to see Texas and Mississippi before permanently being stationed here at Barksdale. So much for seeing the world. About six months after arriving at Barksdale, I met my now wife, Robin, and like most good things that have happened to me in my life, I contribute her, contributed to her for me being here today. Uh, I believe we were still dating at the time, about 15 years ago. She decided that we, we needed to find a church to attend. Uh, we both grew up Catholic. And if you've ever been unfortunate enough to attend a Catholic Mass, you would know why I was less than thrilled to starting to go back to church again. Catholic Mass was the longest hour of my life. When my oldest brother began to drive, uh, my father made him take me and my other brothers to Mass every Sunday. Um, of course, while he stayed home. Uh, the first thing my brother would ask when we jumped in the car was, uh, so where do you want to go? And nine times out of ten, we ended up at the video game arcade. <laughs> Although not everything about Catholic Mass is that bad. Uh, Any times the kids complain about coming here for church, we threaten with taking them to a Catholic Mass, and they usually re relent. <laughs> so back to the story of uh, how we got here. Robin bought a book which um, described all the major religions, and she really liked the sound of Unitarian Universalism. She found out there was a church here in Shreveport. She actually heard the minister at the time, Bart Gould, previously speak, and she really liked him. So we came and we liked it. Um, I don't really recall why we stopped coming, probably because we really liked sleeping in back then. Uh, this was definitely before, pre before we had any kids. So many years went by, and it wasn't until we had a falling out with the public school system that brought us back. 
Uh, as a result of that falling out, we decided to homeschool. And one subject in which we wanted them to learn and be exposed to is religion and spirituality. We did not want to force our beliefs or dogma on them, nor anyone else's. And we knew this was probably the only place in the area that would not do that, and we were right. Uh, now, for the reasons that I continue to come back, I would actually, actually prefer to list these as why I'm thankful for this church. I am thankful for Ron's warm welcome and constant smile. I am thankful for Barbara's wonderful sermons and amazing music. I'm thankful for Susan's piano playing and religious education coordination and efforts. I'm thankful for the religious education volunteers, including my wife, for teaching our kids about all the great things that the different religions have to offer. I'm thankful for the daycare, which allows us to attend service without having to chase around an 18-month-old tornado, otherwise known as my, our son, Elijah. I'm thankful for the only church in the area who welcomes everyone, regardless of race, gender, creed, or sexu sexuality. I'm thankful for the choir, which I recently joined, and gives me a free pass to sing as loud and as annoyingly at home, which always drives my children crazy. But just wait till they're teenagers. It gets, it'll get better. Also, I would have asked what you were smoking if you told me five years ago I was going to be in a church choir. I'm thankful for Artist Sunday, in which I enjoy immensely, and I'm always amazed at the talent that we have in this area. I'm thankful for the congregation who are so welcoming and friendly to everyone. I'm thankful for the annual pledge drive, which always convinces me I have to give more to our church financially, although my wallet isn't as thankful. <laughs> and, I'm all, and finally, I'm thankful for this church for helping me come out of a deep depression, which I suffered for 15 years, and was finally treated successfully a few years ago. In closing, when people ask me if I like this church, I tell them no. I love it. Thank you.